Hey guys, Eric here, uh, joined by Jordan in just a minute. Uh, threw you over to Justin over there. Uh, here to do an, another podcast episode for you. And today we're actually doing it in front of the Flushing Road Abortion Mill. So obviously for those listening, you're not gonna be able to see it, but uh, for those watching, just wanted to give you a visual uh, to just remind you that this is really going on. Like this is really happening. They really kill 20 to 30 babies a week right there. And just, just remind everyone, like this is our, our modern day uh, concentration camp. So, um, yeah, just excited to have this this time together. And Jordan, glad we can do it together, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad to be here with you today and, and fighting the good fight. And uh, it's, it's a real evil that we're faced with here. And we know as Christians, we believe in spiritual warfare. And, and this place right here is, I have no doubt, filled with demons. And we're here to present the gospel and fight against that yeah, and to yeah. save babies uh, by God's grace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, being here also means that we're joined by Justin Phillips, right? So, uh, hi, Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Justin is—he's uh, one of our missionaries. So he's out here every hour they're open. Uh, he's standing in the gap for these babies, and just want to take a moment for you to say hi. Just get, share with share with us uh, what the Lord's been doing, man. Yeah, hi guys. Um, Justin, I'm here all the time, and I'm here again today with with Eric and Jordan. Just grateful for you guys and. Uh, to be entered in this fight together as a Church of Jesus Christ to to go to these places, these places where the our neighbors are being slaughtered every day and to proclaim the gospel and and this we're going into our third winter now um, here full time and uh, we've seen God save 157 babies that we know of and um, and um, a lot of people conversations we've had the gospel be proclaimed to many many people here and we're just thankful for you and thankful for this opportunity to stand here and watch God move. Yeah, 157. Yeah, 157. That's incredible. Like, yeah, think of the long-term impact of that. <laughs> like, how many lives that generationally now are going to be alive as a result of that? Right, so, right. And yeah. at the time of making this podcast, it's been, what, 23 months that this ministry has been working here? Uh, it's been a little over two years. Okay. So, yeah. two and a half years. Two and a half, yeah. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. That's incredible. So uh, while we're standing out here today, Eric, I know that you had said that you had just finished writing a brand new book. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's the title of that book? So, so the title is Who Owns the Preborn Baby? Oh, okay. So what, what is the book about? Give us a brief uh, description. Yeah. I, actually, several years ago, I read a book called Who Owns the Family? And uh, kind of the thesis of that book and the theme of that book was just unpacking, like, when you look today in America of who really has control over the family? Is it God or the state? Like that, 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 it was really impactful to think about that, like how much control and power this state actually has over us, which is claiming, claiming to be a deity and claiming to be God. And uh, that thought just always resonated in my mind and that really summarizes so many different issues related to abortion. And it's like, we get the argument right if our starting point is who actually is the one that has control or ownership over that preborn baby? Like that, that's the, that brings it down to the irreducible minimum, the, the final touch point. Like if you break it down there and that's your starting point you, and you branch out from there, you have to answer the question, who's the one that has the right to decide that baby's future? Well, it's the one that made that baby or created that or has ownership rights over that baby. Right. So if it's God, then God in his word reveals to us what we are to do with that child. However, if it is the state, then the state has authority to determine whether or not that child should live. So this, this is really the, the theme of the book is who at the foundational level owns the baby. And then from there, we define, we, we, so we compare, is it God or is it the state? 
the first half of the book, we talk through the problem is that we, we know it's the state that claims ownership over the baby. So that's the first se section of it. Then the last section is how do we, as the church, respond and stand in the gap for these children and who are rightfully owned by God. So, right, right. Yeah. And as Christians, we are called to do whatever we can to save the lives of the innocent. We're to speak for those that do not have a voice. And so that's so awesome to hear that, that you've put yeah. this book together. And where, where can people find this book and, and how can they get a hold of it? Yeah, so uh, we haven't published it yet, so we're in that process. Uh, so when we do, we'll definitely we'll send it out. You know, we'll, we'll have it on Amazon, all the, the major retailers. Uh, and places available to to sell it at for people to see and i hope it'll be like a game changer because it seems like so much of what we talk about and what's been quoted the pro-life movement and i know those of us that are abolitionists don't like to use that term i'm of the persuasion let's use it and actually be biblical about it like like it's, it's a it's not a bad term like you know we're pro-life from the from the womb to the tomb like that's not that's not a bad term but nonetheless the, the movement has made it such and so much of what the movement today deals with is really uh, what I would look at not dealing with the root issues, but trimming leaves. It's like trying to make the leaf look, look the tree look better. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Rather than like, we need to go to the root issue and the, and the root issue is who owns the baby? If God owns the baby, he in his word says it's murder. Yes. And if he, and he also says that there's consequences for us turning a blind eye to it and consequences for those that participate in the, the murder. So like, like this has consequences, uh, not only on those that are specifically active committing the act, the quote unquote abortionist doctors, um, all the people working there, the moms, the dads, like this, this has consequences for them, but also has consequences for us as a nation. Cause the, the, the blood that is shed, that blood cries out to God demanding justice for it. So it's weighty stuff and, and I feel like too often we're just so concerned about not offending and saying the right things in, in our literature and figure out the most winsome way to speak. And my book is really like direct, right to the point. Here's the issue. Here's what we need to deal with. Um, you know, who owns the baby, God or the state? So, so then whose consequences are, are we worried about? Right. Like by, by whose authority are we worried about? Then whose standard are we looking to? Right. Then who are we depending upon for the future? Who's, whose legacy in essence are we laying our hands on? Right. And that's what I, what I unpack in there. And I just hope it's gonna be a paradigm shifter for many of us in this fight to just look at this evil for what it is. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard so many people say the phrase, only God can judge me, but that should be terrifying. Yeah, because yeah. God is the ultimate judge. If there's anybody that you should be afraid of, it's God. And you shouldn't be afraid of me. You know, yeah, yeah. If, if you're worried about what I think, your convictions are weak. Yeah, yeah. Because God is the ultimate judge. And that's, that is something that we're going to have to deal with on Judgment Day. So yeah. I love that your book touches on that. What was the process of writing the book like for you? Uh, so this was the first one I've done. So um, it was different. I'm typically more of a, you know, I preach, I speak more of oral communication. Right. So that doesn't always translate into to the writing process. So uh, I do a lot of editing and working through it. And um, so, so it was challenging at one level, but at the same time, so rewarding because it just, I, I feel like brought so much clarity and, and, and like my heart behind it is like, I want many people to read it because I feel like it will transform their lives and give them a paradigm shifter. It's like, how can, we, how can I serve the Christians better uh, because we've got a, a lot of rotten thinking in this area of abortion by 
uh, giving a, a better better understanding of it. So that's been, that's been the, the process. And at, at the end of it, I actually had a professional editor go through it and um, really clean it up. So, yeah. Awesome. Sounds like well done. Hey, Justin, over there, you're kind of quiet right now. Do you have any questions for Eric about this new book? Have you heard about this topic and what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a much needed discussion that we need to, need to have as a church, you know, and it's a great opportunity to, to put that on paper and get it to the church that we would that we would think about those things, that God is the one that owns this, the baby, and, and he gives the church his authority to go and to, to disciple the nations, and we need to disciple the nations. But first, we need to disciple the church, like, hey, we're way off here, like, our neighbors are being killed, and we need to step and stand the gap that he calls us to. Absolutely, and we're so thankful for uh, missionaries like you who do stand out here in the gap every day, Justin. That's incredible. Watch God move, man. And Justin and Jordan, it really brings clarity too, doesn't it, to the like all these bills that are being introduced, like the heartbeat bill, the dismemberment bill. Like like when we when we understand that at a fundamental level, we say at any age, at any time, for any reason, if we end that life, that's an injustice. Because, because God's the owner of it and God has laid down the law for it. And in fact, in, in the book of Exodus, you read, he gives an incident, he gives a case law where two men were fighting and one of them accidentally hit a pregnant woman. And so it says these men are striving together, they accidentally hit a, hit a pregnant woman and it says if harm is brought to the baby, but the baby lives, then there's a consequence. However, it says that if if in that process the baby dies, that capital punishment was required for that person who accidentally did that. It, it said their life would be required from them to do that. That's actually the first time we see uh, life for life mentioned in the context of a preborn baby. So, like right there, God just shows us that, like, it's absolutely no different if that child is a preborn baby, however far along in, in the mother's womb, if it's a four year old, 60 year old, like, it's, it's all the same. Like that moment, that, that is God's image bearer. Mm -hmm. And God demands that we protect his image bearers. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what it calls for. So it's, it, it brings so much clarity to these issues. Yeah, it also makes me think about the podcast that we did on the, uh, the law of blood guilt. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was incredible how the, the blood of the innocent cries out to God for justice yeah. and how true that is. Yeah. So going back to your book, do you have a release date set now? And uh, if so, when is that release date? When will it become available? Uh, no release date yet. Okay. Yeah, still. Uh, so, yeah, looking ahead to that. But we'll definitely make that known and uh, make that available once it comes out. So, yeah, yeah. Do you have yeah. a target date in mind or something, uh, something close that you're aiming for? I mean, for me, a huge goal would be to have it released before our next banquet, which is, is going to be this year somewhere in the April-May time frame. So... Uh, within the next ten, six months. I'd I love to have copies available before that next banquet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Amazing. This past Sunday, our church, man, they poured blessings upon us uh, as Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And uh, uh, Justin was a driving catalyst behind that. And uh, it was it was awesome. They gave us a gift. They gave us a Bible. Uh, I actually left it in my car. But um, And what was the name of the company again? Post Tenenbrook's Locks. Yeah, Post Tenenbrook's Locks. Just, just beautiful Bible. I mean, like, like one you just want to hold and sleep with at night. You know, like, yeah. like the most greatest gift I've ever had. And, uh, anyways, in the front of that, they they took quotes, some of our favorite quotes that we have, and put it in the front, mm -hmm. like things we share a lot. And the quote they had for me 
was one I shared by Cornelius Van Til that, that says that the Bible is authoritative over everything that it speaks. Moreover, it speaks of everything. And the point of what he's saying is all the answers that we're looking to in life are found in the Bible. Amen. Every single uh, question that we have, there's an answer and it's in the Bible. And that's really my heartbeat, Justin's heartbeat, your heartbeat, and, and the heartbeat behind the book is we need to stop going to the quote-unquote wisdom of the world to draw our conclusions about issues, particularly social issues like abortion. Um, and there's many other. We could go into issues of immigration, talk about all those issues, and we tend to draw our ideas from the world. And my plea would be for us uh, as Christians to draw our conclusions from the Word of God and to base our discussions on that. Now, here's the problem. We're all imperfect in that. But that's why we need more people, more Christians in the body of, of Christ making that commitment so that our conversation can center around the Word. And, and we can hold each other accountable to the Word, not by who is the most famous pro-life person right now, not by this person's Word, not by the wisdom of the world, but the Word. If we can get the church to make that our highest priority of applying God's word to everything because it's authoritative over everything and make that our discussion point, we will see transformation. But if we continue to buy in to the world's ideas and buy into to what they say and what they think and what's the most winsome and what's the most effective and all that pragmatic stuff, we're going to see further divide and we're going to see further judgment. So my final plea would, would be to read the book and as you, after you read the book, open God's word and say, God, teach me. Teach me what you want me to know. Help my mind to change. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And uh, that's the heartbeat behind our ministry. That's the heartbeat behind that book. And we want to see Christians judge righteously. Yes. And we judge righteously when we know God's word and we hold his word as the standard. Amen. And, and how beautiful the feet of those who bring the good news. Yeah, yeah. Praise God for, for all of you uh, who are involved in this ministry and who contribute. And we're just so thankful for you, so blessed by you. Um, we praise God that for your prayers, and we, we will continue to fight this fight until abortion is ended now. Pastor Eric, one more time, give them the title of your book, and um, uh, maybe let's just do a little brief wrap-up here. Just uh, Yep, so the book is Who Owns the Preborn Baby, God or the State? And in that, we just unpack the problem is that in America today, the state has claimed ownership over God over the baby. And so we unpack that and then we say the solution is for the Church of Jesus Christ to, to rise up, to lead courageously, to interpose daily, to facilitate partnerships, to equip the church to end this. So that's what it's about. Praise God. Well, thank you for joining us today. And uh, uh, we ask for your continued prayers for One Life for Life, for this ministry, for our missionaries, for Justin and Miles and um, for Pastor Eric as he leads. And, and one more uh, missionary uh, that just hit my mind. Uh, Andrew Bellinger in Detroit yes, yes. is literally getting ready to step down from his job, step out on faith with, with not long-term financial finances set up, but he's called to it. So please pray for him. And man, if, if, you, if you're looking at the end of the year and there's some money that you're, you're wondering what to do with, what to, to, to support in a ministry, like we've got about three months set up for him right now. And if, if you could help get his first year taken care of, of funding, like, man, that would be huge. So uh, please just consider that. His name's Andrew Bellinger. Uh, he's being sent out from uh, Oakland Hills Community Church in Farmington, and he's going to be serving in the Detroit area. So exciting stuff. Yes. Yeah. Praise God for Andrew.
So Eric, I've been hearing a lot about the 12 church partnership, the 12 pillar church partnership rather. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I was just wondering if maybe you can explain just a little bit about what that is. Yeah, so we are in the process of rolling, rolling that out. And uh, essentially what it is, is looking at, at each abortion mill that we have a missionary, uh, helping 12 churches come alongside, support those missionaries, send volunteers, build so we really build a strong team just like we do we've done for overseas missions for years right? right like i mean that's such a common thing that we do most churches understand that but how cool to have a local missionary Amen. uh like in our church we have two missionaries in our church yeah. we see them every sunday we do life with them we get to interact with them all the time and it's like man i want other churches to to know the joy of that to be able to let people know like hey these are our missionaries let's love on them let's serve them well and um really just inviting other churches to do that and the, the idea of 12, you know, the 12 pillar churches for each abortion mill for each, for these missionaries really just comes from, you know, you look, Jesus chose 12 disciples, the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. It seems to be something significant with that number 12. And um, so just really modeling that after like the 12 apostles, the 12 tribes, building those, our, our, our initial pillars to uphold, our 12 pillars to uphold this ministry. So it can continue on until this ends. And here's the thing. When this ends, when like when churches come together and we close this abortion mill down, we have a team in place to, to go address another injustice. We have a team in place to to go and do, you know, like like this doesn't end. Right. Like we continue on. This is the most grotesque one right now, mm -hmm. but we close this place down, we keep moving and we already have that team united together. So yeah. uh, I, I'm super pumped about it. And I know we got a lot of stuff in the works. We're gonna be rolling out to everyone. Uh, so if you're a pastor, church leader, like, like be on the lookout for that. This is a way for your church uh, to connect with a, with a local ministry uh, and really uh, boots on the ground, uh, life-changing ministry. So, Yeah, amen. Praise God for that. And so, so yeah, if you're, like, like Eric just said, if you're a pastor, definitely check this out. Uh, this is going to be a great thing in the church, within the church, to, to help this ministry grow. And I... Uh, just in closing, and we just ask that you pray for our ministry, One Life for Life. Pray. Prayer is so important. We just thank you for your time watching today and uh, pray blessings. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, God bless everyone. Thank you.